There appears to be a lot of activity around Katy Perry somewhere in Austin, Texas. How are you? I'm so confused. Me too. Is everything okay? No, it's not okay. This is the worst not okay. 54 minutes of uh, the day so far. Never get them back. You can never get it back. Never get it back. Jeez, now mm. it's hot in here. Could you could you also help us and put, put the air to It's hot now. I'm sweating like a pig. You ever, you ever kick your corporate job to the curb? Yep. Not, pig like that. <laughs> for a second, it sounded like we were starting to quit. Oh, my God. Um, for our listeners, <clears throat> woo! This, is, uh, this is not what people tune in for. Uh, we had some technical problems. I had. Now. I had. Uh, we had some technical problems. And, uh, you know, there's no, uh, there's no I in technical if you spell it wrong. <laughs> That's right. It's team effort. Team. <laughs> um, but now we're here. So this is good. You're, you're all squared away. You're feeling great. You're nice and cool. I'm cool you, now. So you exert. When you, you exert in that room, and you really feel the heat. Is that yeah. what happens? You get under there. Do you have to get under anything? Feel the heat between me and you. Mm. How can you just leave me standing? <laughs> Don't make me chase. Don't no, make me don't chase. Make you. Me, even even doves, doves have, pride. have pride. Even us. I don't think doves have pride. I know pigeons don't have pride. Oh, the pigeons you have up there. <laughs> yeah, my daughter names them. How does she know which one is which? One goes one way. One yeah, well, one way. of them doesn't have. One of them uh, is is one. I don't know how you say this in a way that's not uh, uh, ableist, but it, it has one leg. So we know that one. And there's the other ones. There's one she calls fatty. She calls a lot of them fatty. I haven't told her yet. They're all the same. There's big pigeons and little pigeons. She says fatty and they're skinny and skinny is fatty's brother. It's, it's real normative. Do you thing. like to keep a, keep any pigeons? Mm. I, uh, I don't understand bird keeping. I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to feel free to have the birds they want, cancel the accounts that they want. I just want people to be happy. That's all I really care about, Dan. Uh, but uh, I, you know, birds, I, birds seem like a lot of trouble and uh, they make a, by and large, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, uh, avian normative, but I think they make a lot of noise, too. They are noisy, and any kind of bird, we used to have, we used to keep birds. And they're, people think of birds as clean. They're not clean. Well, they're, they're, they're as clean as the people who spend three hours a day taking poopy paper out, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what keeps them clean, is you making them be clean. If you left them to their own devices, they'd fill that place up in like an hour. Huh. You got to put new, you new like newspaper. Pro- you got to rip up yes. newspaper and put it at the bottom of the cage, and then they chew give on it like it? a like a probiotic or something. Something that would plug it up a little bit. Maybe a little bit of bird cheese. I don't know what birds eat for cheese, but something that would just dry them out a little bit. I don't know. L- less water. Now, do you cover a bird at night? There's you got to a- cover it. You take a pillowcase, and then you you cut the pillowcase so it will fit in the right thing. And then you sort of stitch it, and then you you drape you drape that over the the bird's cage. And God forbid. That the something happens in the night, mm-hmm. they go nuts in there and they bang themselves. They thrash and bang themselves, flying around inside of the. Uh, talking about parakeets, cockatiels, the finches. Mm. The finches have their mind right. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I my daughter is very. I said it a long time ago. I guess you know she's very interested in getting some kind of a probably mammalian pet uh, in the house, and I'm just trying to get her head around the idea that. This isn't going to be one of those things like haha TV show where like I'll take care of it and then we take care of it. No, like seriously, you have to understand this is like having a baby brother. Right. This is like not if TV we an show. Animal, it's not TV show caring. It's real life caring. I understand. I watched some. Got stuck watching some cable TV this weekend. I understand that there have been tremendous strides made in kitty litter 
I don't care how light the kitty litter gets, it's still got a purpose and you got to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. It's fl- it used to be flushable and they realized that was a weight on society. <laughs> they don't want well, to flush You know, it's one thing. There are people, there are people like, you know, like, uh, you know, we have friends who do things with animals. And they understand that it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of selflessness. Like, you know, the kind of people who, God bless them, go out and say, oh, it's Easter, so I'm going to buy you a bunny. Mm-hmm. And then they got to find a home for the bunny mm-hmm. in a week because bunnies do not make great pets for people unless they really like taking care of a goddamn rabbit. They're very fragile. <laughs> That's true. This is the thing. No, I'm the He's mean fragile. guy, right? It's an, it's an animal. <laughs> you just brought an animal into your home. Yeah. You understand what's involved. You have to keep it till it dies or you have to kill it. Like, that's the thing. And, and rabbits, I, I don't know. Everything I know about rabbits, I learned from Amy Sedaris. You know, I love that book. <laughs> but uh, uh, they're apparently, they're, you know, if you're a rabbit person, they're a lot of fun, but they're a lot of work. Anyway, you can go and read about this on sites, but there are a lot of people who get a rabbit for Easter and then boy. But, you know, no matter what you get, even a goldfish. I mean, how long does a goldfish live? Too like, long. like your standard too long, too long. If it's more than a couple nights, it's too long. Yeah. I'm sorry about your setup, Dan. Is everything okay now? This is this all came from we applied a firmware update, hmm. uh, which was actually more of a software kind of an update. So we applied that, and it fixed a whole host of issues that we were experiencing, and added a whole host of other issues that didn't become obvious until we tried to do something like record a show with a remote guest. And is this pro, pro, post Pro Tools installation related. The Pro the Tools is not the. Uh, is not the issue. It was a an Mbox Pro driver issue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, really I, found, I found a good on PetFinder.com. I found an article entitled How to Care for Domestic Rabbits. So I'll put that into the show notes, which can be found at 5x5.tv slash B as in Brotherhood, 2 as in the number, W as in Watership Down. Oh, that's terrific. I had, I had one ready, but that one's pretty good. Oh, you got a better one? No, I think yours is better. Let's go. Is she thinking about a rabbit? No, nobody should think about rabbits. I think there should be a questionnaire you take, kind of like that stupidity test. There should be a test you take where they say, so you decided you'd like to have an animal. Let's make it all about you. And you go and you have to take the, you take this long series of questions like, do you prefer Doctor Who or a different Doctor Who? Like, what would you like to do? How many sweaters do you have? Are you happy? And you go and you just keep answering these and there's like hundreds and hundreds of questions. How old is your live journal? What color VW do you have? And you keep going and answering all these questions. It just goes on forever and ever and ever. And if you quit the test, it says, that's it. You shouldn't get a pet because you don't know what, what the mean, meaning of endless hell actually is. And if it's really, really good and endorsed yeah. by most parents, the answer is always you shouldn't get a pet. <laughs> yeah. The answer you should get a pet is never the right answer. Oh, you know, the thing is, it sounds like I'm being anti-pet or anti-pet people, and I'm not. I don't think. I think I'm being realistic about understanding that, you know, I, I, I've seen my failures with pets where I've ended up at one point, you know, I had to move during college and my mom ended up taking my dog for me, which I felt terrible for. She was great to do it. But I mean, I shouldn't have had a dog while I was in college. I mean, really, I wasn't ready for that. And, you know, and then it needed surgery and stuff and you can get dog surgery now and that's really costly. And all I'm saying is if you're ready for that and you're mad at me, that's okay. But if you're not ready for that and you're mad at me, don't be mad at me. It's, it's, it really is a lot of responsibility is all I'm saying. And uh, have you ever talked with Brett Terpstra in much detail about his pit bull stuff? It's actually super interesting what he and his wife do. They, they do amazing work. They like take- he was the, When I met him in person for the first time, which I think was back at WWDC, uh, last time 
he he had a a bone to pick with me about dogs and my opinions and thoughts about dogs. So he had he educated me a little bit and he said he was very the main point that he had is that the dog whisperer <laughs> is not <laughs> is yeah. not correct. I think I think he and his lady in particular have a lot of dog bones to pick with <laughs> the dog whisperer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I but I mean like what he does, he doesn't I, I don't think he talks about it as much as he used to, but you know, she does dog stuff all day long. She's a dog person. And then but they also they take in dogs that are having trouble finding a home. Right. And they like pit bulls that are hard, you know, hard to find a home for and they take them in and do the best they can to like I, I, he can tell us better than I can, but rehabilitate them to where they can decide whether it's good to put them in a home. But that's selflessness, man. Because what do you do? You go in and it's like it's like a kid getting hit by a car and you take care of them until they get better and go back to their family. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of work. Anyway, um, I don't know. I just think that sometimes we can be a little selfish about those things. That's that's all. And I, and I say by that, I mean me. I've been very selfish about this thing. Uh, by my, my, wait, selfish in the sense that you don't <sighs> had, want her I, to get I had a turtle. I had a turtle and it didn't go well. Uh, I've had a lot of animals where it didn't go well. You know, no, no, fish. No, what do you, what's, you got a feeling of fish? Because that's a lot of work. Fish. He, I do have, actually, I have some strong opinions about keeping okay. fish. Keeping it, or if you want to ma- masculinize it, keeping mm. a tank. They call it tank keeping? You keep a tank? I mean, no. I've, I've, kept, I've kept tank. Not anything like Omni Group. Now, those guys can keep tank. Oh, my God. Place is full of tank. No, I've had I've had fish, and it was way more work than I expected. And since the fun payoff wasn't that high, it shows you how, why I'm not an ideal fish companion. I like fish. I do too. Fish are, are I, I definitely condone keeping a tank. You like fishing lures? Uh, fishing lures. I have a little bit of fake follow up uh, related to to Brett. Um, I was on. Uh, he was kind enough to have me on. You're supposed to say it like that. You don't say you're on somewhere. Yeah, get all fake modest and go. He was kind enough to have me on. He was kind enough to have me on his uh, systematic program. And I think it was a really good episode, Systematic 65, here on the 5x5 network. And uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about punk rock and uh, caffeine and uh, text filtering, which I know you enjoy. It was a good episode. And uh, we had some good picks uh, for, for software and stuff. So it was, it was a really good episode. And that's in show notes. Um, is that okay that I mentioned that? It's on 5x5. Uh, yeah, of course. You can mention the other uh, thing you work on, too. Oh, uh, there's a show I do called uh, Back to Work. And last week, <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> I would like to thank our, our, our very good friend who at the very last minute came on, Matt Alexander from the Bionic program here on 5x5, was uh, hopped in as co-host at the, uh, the last minute last week, and he was awesome. He was awesome. Great. I love yeah. the accent he does, too. You'd never know that that's not even what he sounds like. He slips out of it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually from Texas. Isn't that funny? It's true. Can you be half Texan? No. That sounds like something you get at a whorehouse. I want to get it. I like, um, I, I like around half, the world and a half Texan. <laughs> Give me the JFK. I wanted to go back into the left. Yeah. Too soon. Um, the, um, Not too soon. No, DFW, am I right? Um, so anyway, uh, Matt's, Matt's a great guy. It's great. And I am, as ever, uh, a, a big advocate for Bionic, the uh, program that he does with uh, I'm Michael Hurley. Yeah. It's a really great show. Uh, a lot of fun. It's about ecosystems. I told the story of my Android phone that I had. Um, it was very uh it was good stuff that's a good guy um so that's smart really too. it yeah he's, he's pretty smart how how can I, I don't understand how you could be like half from england and half from texas it's just something about that feels it, it upsets my stereotypes in a way i'm not comfortable with but he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy i won't go on and on but it's really good um let's see talk about skype 
Um, Battle of the Atom. I had a. I, had, I don't have a, a, a topic, McShmopic topic, but I've got a, 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 a by way of a topic idea. But uh, but I'd like to. I haven't talked to you in a long time. What have you been? What have you been doing? You've been traveling. You've been uh, fixing your firmware. <laughs> fixing the firmware. We. Uh, it's dirty. Ugh. Went to New York City to meet with a bunch of our great advertisers and sponsors, and uh, that was really, 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 really great. Patrons, patrons of the arts. I like to call them patrons. Patrons, patrons. <laughs> the patrons are, uh, you know, visiting with them. And they're fancy. You think you think where you live is fancy, New York? That's fancy town. Yeah. But you know, going through the whole thing, traveling up there, flying on the the planes. And watched Godfather 1 and 2. And a movie called Sunshine. Which is not what it sounds like. Hmm. And uh, rewatched for the first time in a while the Too Young episode of uh, Adventure Time. Oh, man. Was that all on the plane you did all that? Yeah. I uh, watched Godfather 1 uh, on the way up and Godfather 2 on the way back and had a little extra time. Because, you know, when, when, you, uh, when you go west, it goes one way and go east, it goes the other way. So what? So what? And watching Goodfellas started that last night. I saw that. The other ones you couldn't even sit in. You couldn't even sit in. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, seeing that's the Godfather movies are great, man. You've seen those, right? Have you seen those? Which one are they? Yeah, I have. They're okay. uh, Godfather 2 is my favorite movie. Like favorite movie of the trilogy or favorite we'll movie, stop. period? We'll stop. My favorite movie. Yeah. Really? Well, you know, it's so hard to adjust for those things. When everybody goes, what's your favorite movie? It's like, well, you know, I mean, like, I watch The World's End uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch lots of things a lot. But, you know, I think historically, if you account mostly for when I was younger, uh, Star Wars Episode Four, and um, probably if you account for everything from college and beyond, yeah, Godfather 2. I think it's, I think it's one of the greatest things ever made. Oh, I, I, like I, I think most people would agree with you. Especially that that newer that new newer release version, the, the restored version, mm-hmm. is, is really it's a wonder to behold, and it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, as you get older and you deal with projects and junk in life, it's it's just amazing to me that you could produce something like that. Like knowing, and obviously a few years later, what he went through with Apocalypse Now, for instance, mm-hmm. for, you know what it what it what it takes to go through making a movie with Marlon Brando. I mean, like it's to have that turn out so well. There's some stuff in it. I mean, it's not like perfect, but I mean, like, I think that's about as good as it gets personally. You know who they should have put in a second movie that they didn't? They mm. should have found a way to do this, but they, they could have put this person. Apollonia could have been in the second one, I'm just saying. Apollonia from Purple Rain? <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, Apollonia from No Spoilers. Yeah. Oh. They could. All I'm saying is that they they could have done something creative and broader broader in. Oh, like a Marvel comics thing where like he would have uh, seen her. Like there'd be a flashback to him being a child and her being a child. And yeah, they both are listening to Jack Benny at the same time. Or right, something. right. Or like when Clark is figuring out his powers and he's running really fast past the train, and the mom's like, Lois is like, "Look, mommy, man's running out there," and she's like, "Okay, Lois." Right, Marvin Barry. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Apple is a handsome woman. Yeah, you know, it's funny when they get to that part in the movie when Michael goes to Italy, I always, in my head, in my head, I think like, oh, this is like a long dragged out part, but it's so good. And the pace of it, oh man, I, I think it was on an incomparable, yeah, it was on, gosh, I listen to so many incomparables, I, don't, I can't keep them straight, the incomparable, incomparable podcast, but they're talking about, um, on one of the shows, talking about one of their drafts, 
you know, they do the film drafts, they'll do all the draft shows, like pick your Desert Island movie stuff. They're talking about Wonder Boys, and I really like that movie a lot. And it, they're talking about it in terms of having that pacing of a 70s movie, and I knew exactly what they meant. And, you know, like I watched Dog Day Afternoon last week, and the pacing is so different than you would see in a movie today. It's practically languorous. Yeah, really. And Godfather 2, I mean, well, both Godfathers, but, you know, especially Godfather 2, it's just, I don't know, it takes its time and tells its story in its way, you know what I mean? The, anyway, so we like The Godfather. They're good movies. And how about this? Excuse me. Ivan! <laughs> Did you watch um, Fox Prince? Did you watch the very latest Adventure Time? Oh, no. See, I'm way behind. I'm way behind. Oh, dear, 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 dear. This uh, is the one with the Fox Kingdom? No, I don't. Okay, well, I don't like to give you homework, but I'm going to say, in as much as you're interested, try and watch it for next week. I will. I'm going to say, we say this twice a month, I'm going to say it again. I still can't believe it. I flip it on. There's a new episode, whatever, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you flip it on, and like I'm still blown away that they can surprise me every, every episode. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they keep the quality up. They must just put an extraordinary amount of creative energy into every one of those episodes. Ugh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, do you want to tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about something that I like, especially now, because I was just there. I went to the Shutterstock offices. I toured them. Did you get to see the light boxes? They actually store them. This is the weirdest thing, is that when you make a light box, that's actually a a person who works for Shutterstock gets a box off a shelf Hmm. and prints out the images and puts them into that box for you and holds them there until you're ready for them and then sends them to but that's still secure and redundant. That's a per box employee uh, assignation. Right. And the, the way they do it is the, there's clouds painted on all the walls, all the ceilings. So your stuff is in the cloud. And plus they're really tall on a high floor. It's wow. like you're in the cloud. Do they nickel and dime you? They do not do that. Thanks very much to Shutterstock for making this show possible. Dan, I want to tell you about something. I'll, uh, <clears throat> uh, have you heard about this uh, Shutterstock? No, tell me a little bit about it. Oh my gosh, these guys are amazing. If you're looking for, for stock art, stock photography, vectors, videos, infographics, anything you want, you can go to Shutterstock.com and they will actually literally put everything you own into a room with clouds on the walls. That's really cool. It's really cool. They, this is the most amazing thing about these guys is, and seeing this firsthand and talking to them firsthand and seeing how they do this and all the different, uh, all the different work that goes into making this. They have this really cool map. It's a, it's a, a, a large screen it's like, a, I guess you'd call it a television where they have the whole map of the entire world. And in real time, you see a little dot appear on it and show you the little image that's being downloaded in real time. So you see all these images and things flashing in real time. I wish they would make this their website. That would be so cool to show you like things that are being downloaded, but they really are amazing. He says that if you watch this thing, like if you come in late or you're working early, you see like the different countries as they sort of wake up. And, uh, and and start downloading things. And you can see the path of the sun by looking at what's active and what's being downloaded no across way. the world. It's really it appears, cool. There to be a lot of activity around Katy Perry somewhere in Austin, Texas. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for listening. Uh, but they have, uh, they have some, I, I asked them, I said, you know, I know that you, you have folks who are, photographers independent photographers who are doing this he says that's that's everything he's like we're not out there doing this this is this is the individual photographer and there are people whose entire business their entire livelihood comes from basically from some you know 
taking photos and submitting them to this. And there are people who have built little little cottage businesses around this. People who have come in and said, I'm going to go out and start taking pictures and selling them on Shutterstock. And that's how they make their living. It's a cool business idea. I said, well, what if I just walk around New York and take some pictures with my iPhone now and like upload them? He's like, no, no, no. Real human beings look at your pictures. You have to submit 10 of your best work and we vet them. We look at them. We make sure that they're good before we allow you to start submitting anything. So this is, this is really, that's why you don't find like junk in Shutterstock. That's why all the images are really, really good. And they even said that if there's too much of a certain kind of an image, like if you do like still life with pear, you know, and they have too many <laughs> pictures of pears, they're not going to let you put your, your picture of a pear up there. This is really, really good stuff. And, and they really do care. They've got over 28 million images uh, and, and, uh, and it's growing every day. They got videos. They're adding something like um, 20,000 images a day, 12,000 videos each week. And they've got the beautiful iPad app. So go check them out. Shutterstock.com. You don't need a credit card. And uh, when you find images that you like and you'd like to purchase, you've got offer code back to work 1013, back to work 1013. You'll get 25% off any package you put together. Really great folks over there at Shutterstock.com. Thank you very much to them for supporting 5x5 and back to work. 25%. It's true. It's remarkable. Back to work mm. 1013. <clears throat> <sighs> That takes a lot of uh, taste and restraint because if I were in the business where it looked good for me to add a lot of images, I would be very tempted to put up 1,400 pictures of a still life with pair. Yeah. And that's resources. That's resources to say no, which is a powerful concept. And they, and they have so many folks that are working, looking at these images, they actually do care about it. So it's nice. We're lucky. We get good sponsors. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had some tea. Um, man. I'm sorry. That was accidental. Yeah. Accidental. You see the video? Wolverine getting fired? (laughs) No. You want to take a minute? (laughs) Should we watch it? No, we probably shouldn't watch it, but it's from that uh, that new TV show after Conan. Uh, You know what? We shouldn't take up the uh, audience's time with that, but I think you'd really enjoy it. It's in the show notes. Um, Maybe that's just more homework. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm distracted because people, people keep texting me about pigeons. Over- There's a contingent of people out there who are mad because I said disparaging things about pigeons, and now and now I'm getting and now my pockets are vibrating. My friend, the seamstress uh, Bridget, has been sending me texts about how I was mean to TJ Luoma, the technologist, by talking about pigeons. I, I'm sorry, guys. I I don't know pigeons well. I just want to say this: I've grown up around pigeons, right? I would say one thing about pigeons: there's good pigeons and there's bad pigeons. How do you tell the bad ones from the good ones? Good ones, another place. Like like a better place, <laughs> like the the great beyond. <laughs> the, the, here's the problem with the internet: is that no matter what you say, there's somebody who has a much stronger and more bizarre opinion about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it makes it difficult to say anything, even in jest. I know they're kidding. My friends are kidding, but it is. Uh, it's a very passionate place. The internet. <laughs> anyway. You know, you know, uh, Tim, if you like pigeons, you should move to my neighborhood. Just come on out here. There's plenty of pigeons. You will be, you will be in your element. Oh boy, they're gross. People feed them. People feed them. They come out and they throw out stuff and the birds come and you can't walk under certain wires by the library because, you know, pigeons. It's like going through some kind of a pigeon car wash. Mm. Hot wax. Um, this is a really weird, uh, pseudo topic, but may I? Of course. I'm reluctant to talk too much about apps that I like a lot because I don't want it to become, mm. you know, 
annoying to people, but I like them a lot because they're really good and they help me a lot. And uh, so I try not to talk about too much about things like OmniFocus because there are people who go, sorry, I don't use OmniFocus. Well, okay. Sorry. When they make it for Solaris, you'll be set. But, you know, I uh, use OmniFocus and I've gotten a lot of comments and questions from people in the last few weeks. Um, you, you know, if I notice it, there must be a lot. So uh, people have been asking me about how I do perspectives in particular in OmniFocus. Would it be okay if I talked about that a little bit? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Well, uh, let's not go crazy. But uh, <laughs> I, I posted a screen grab a few episodes ago of OmniFocus 2 on my phone and what it looks like. And, you know, a handful, not a lot, but a handful of people have been asking about it. So I thought, given that I do like OmniFocus a lot, it's such a, uh, it's a linchpin in how I just do my stupid stuff all day long. Uh, so I, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about little about context, but in particular about how I use perspectives in OmniFocus. So um, you can use that, uh, <laughs> that Marco Arment plus 30 minutes skip button at this point if, you, uh, if you're not interested at all. <laughs> right. But um, by the way, great idea, huh? Wouldn't it be great to have a plus 30 minute skip button? Like a, long, like a long touch would take you forward 30 minutes. Wouldn't that be great? Just in real life. You get to John Stewart Keese's second bullet point. Mm. But... Um, uh, so OmniFocus, <clears throat> I mean, you're probably already familiar with it. Uh, if you're a Mac productivity nerd, you've heard enough about it. Um, it is, uh, it was built to leverage a getting things done like model of productivity in the sense that you have projects. You, have, you basically have two ways of looking at your tasks. Tasks can and should generally have both a project and a context. A project being a parent item that represents some kind of a noun that you want to complete, right? Like I need to finish this project. Uh, I need to like I need to finish this report. That's a project. But then you can also have what are called contexts, which are specific ways of working or or kinds of tools or sorts of opportunities. So you might have things like uh, write this or call this person or unique opportunities. Like I can only do this on my iPad. I can only do this when I'm at home or at the office. And once you get good at that and you get less fiddly at it and you reduce the number of projects, hopefully reduce the number of contexts, hopefully you get to where you very quickly know where something belongs. And again, you know, go read Getting Things Done for a better overview of all of this stuff. One of the things that I like a lot and that uh, OmniFocus does, though, is um, two things. Uh, really, two things. Uh, first of all, context, like I say, uh, it can be stuff like, you could do stuff like say, well, here's things I can do at my office, or I can only do at my office. Mm -hmm. And then you might say, for example, inside of your office context, you might even say, here's things I can only do at my desk. Uh, which sounds silly, but like if you've only got 10 minutes before a phone call, you might want to pull up your desk context and see everything that's the less than 10 minutes in length that I could do at my desk. Um, and if you, I think when you start using OmniFocus, and it really, if you do GTD for a long time, but especially if you use OmniFocus for a long time, you will find that there's way beyond 80-20 in terms of the context. Like, I, you know, the vast majority of contexts I use are probably about, you know, five or 10 contexts. But I also use them heavily, again, then for location, where I could say something like, pseudo-famous one is I have a location-based context called grocery store that does a geo-search for grocery stores. And inside of grocery store, I have a context uh, for drugstores because anything I can buy at a drugstore, I could also get as a at a grocery store, which is a, just a tremendously, sounds fiddly, but it's a, I only had to do that one time. And now anytime I need stuff at a drugstore, I just, whoop, it all pops up on a map. I see all the things that I can do because of the geofencing and stuff like that. Uh, so first thing in, in OmniFocus that is great and powerful are those nested contexts. Now, I think it is really valuable not to go completely overboard with these. I mean, eventually everybody does go overboard and you create these contexts that you use one time periodically, maybe even every month or two, every two months, maybe go through and make sure you've got the right context for what you're doing. 
as evidenced by the most basic uh, metric you can have, which is how many items are under that context being used right now. If you sit down and intellectually try to, and I know you must know this from programming, if you come up and intellectually try to figure out a problem without putting any any real data in, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a real skewed idea of how this thing should operate. Kind of? Yeah. Like you might guess, you might say to yourself, well, I am a writer, and therefore I will have a context called writing at office, writing at home, writing at desk, writing, because these are all the places that I write. Well, how useful is that to you in actually making a decision about what you would do? You may discover, if you discover you've got all these things sitting around you don't need, well, I would suggest really trimming them down. Um, again, I ha- heavily leverage that geofencing stuff. That's just giant for me. So if I go to this neighborhood where my comic shop is, I'll, I'll see all the things apart from picking up comic books. Oh, there's a Walgreens there. I could do these drugstore things. Sure. There's an ATM there. I can go to the ATM. And that all shows up in this cascade. So you know, just at a high level, be canny about those contexts. And you can and should, I think, nest them. And where you can't nest them, consider, you know, maybe even getting rid of them. There's not a huge downside to keeping lots of contexts. The worst problem you'll get, I mean, I've never had any kind of scaly issues, like where it's slow or something like that. But, you know, the autocomplete might not be as uh, useful as you like if you've got 900 contexts in there. But specifically, I'm getting to this just to get to mainly to get to perspectives. So yes, context and nesting, awesome. Perspectives. To my knowledge, the only way to make perspectives that I know of, and I'll stand corrected if I'm wrong, is on the desktop version of OmniFocus. I don't think there's a way to make context in the iOS, either iPad or iPhone versions. So you do need the desktop copy of uh, desktop version of this to do that. But a perspective uh, is a lot like a saved search where you could go in and say, uh, create an iTunes smart playlist. I have, an, I have one of my favorite, most used iTunes smart playlists is I've got one called Edit Today, which is show me everything of the media kind music that has been added in the last day, which is great for like if I just bought some stuff or I just you know drop some new stuff in, I can go see all that. I have another one which is added in the last 10 days. Um, I don't know if that sounds useful to you guys, but I use that all the time. This is how I make so many smart playlists. Show me everything, uh, you know, everything that's rated three stars or higher that I haven't listened to in the last year, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Same thing works with OmniFocus. So you can go in and pretty much, I think almost all of the parameters that you can apply to tasks context, you basically can see the kinds of tasks that you want to see grouped in the way that you want matching the criteria that you're interested in, sorted in the way that you please. Which I will grant you can all sound a little fiddly, but it's really not. And the best use case I could think of for, it's kind of ironic that you can't make them on iOS. I'm not sure how you would make them on iOS, but the use case for me is I make them on OS X and I use them very heavily on iOS. And that's I have some examples of that. The one people have been asking about a lot lately, and they seem... People have been saying, you have this one on your, uh, I saw on your screen called added available. Like, wh- what is that? And so I sent people a screen grab and I say, here's what this looks like. And a lot of people who see it go, oh my God, that's, the, that's so great. That's so smart. And then a couple of people have been like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Because here's what this context does. Show me a list of, of tasks that I have added, sorted basically by when they were added, you know, um, in reverse order. And show me only tasks that are available. Mm. Well, this sounds really crazy, right? Like, why would I just want to see what I just did? But chances are good that what I want to see today is stuff that I just entered today. Along the lines of, like, show me music I've added 
in the last day. Isn't there a pretty good chance that the music I'm going to want to listen to tomorrow is the music that I got today? Mm-hmm. In my case, because I'm mostly kind of sort of on top of this stuff, I often just want to see the quickest way to get to stuff I need to work on right now frequently is to go to this added available. And I, I guess I can put up another screen screenshot of that. But in a nut, I've selected... So if you go into OmniFocus, you hit Control-Command-P inside the desktop app, it brings up this perspectives window, which you're probably either really familiar with or you had no idea <laughs> existed. But um, the added available context, which for me is... And again, now you can go on OS ten. you can have key commands for these. control command a is the one that I use. And so I can see here's things I added today. Here's things I added yesterday. Here's things I've added in the last week, things in the last three months. Well, you know, there could be all kinds of stuff in there that I haven't done anything about lately, but I don't want to think about that right now. I'm not reviewing right now. I'm just doing right now. So things like that can be a super fast way to get to bubble up stuff based on, again, factors like when it was, when it was added and stuff like that. So a lot of people ask about that. It might seem really obvious. But quickly getting into the stuff that you've recently added, and again, that are available. So what does that mean? Available means it's not blocked by another task. It's not blocked by a dependency. It means it's not on hold. It means show me all the stuff I can do right now based on how recently I added it. So those of you who are using OmniFocus and haven't tried this before, probably a light bulb's going off. You're going to realize that this is actually super useful. Another example that seems really obvious, but I'm not sure is that obvious, is somebody said, well, you got this context called groceries, like what, or perspective called groceries, like why wouldn't you just have a context called groceries? Well, this is where spending some time with this over the years, you get to know yourself better and like how you think better. So one of the things I want on my homepage is a fast way to see everything I need to get. It doesn't matter if it's for the office. It doesn't matter if it's for home. It doesn't matter if it's for school snack. I just want a way to see everything that's on this grocery list. And so one of the nice things you can do in perspectives, you can go into any window. Um, it's got to be in the project-based view of OmniFocus, but you can go in in this case, excuse me, I, I apologize, in the context-based view. So in this case, I've gone and I've selected everything, I've selected the grocery context, which means any cascading thing under grocery also appears. So that automatically grabs the drugstore context. I also select the Safeway context. I select the Trader Joe's context. Really simple example of that, but that's one quick way to get a very fast view. And then so basically you go and save that as a perspective. When you save that as a perspective, that syncs with your phone in this instance. So now when I'm on the road, I can just go and hit that and see any grocery things without respect to what project it's for. Really fast way to do it. Other examples of this that I use a lot, um, I mean, running stuff for like stuff I want from, uh, like need to get at the, want to get at the comic book store. Here's a good one. Uh, new stuff I've added today. Um, one limitation of OmniFocus on iOS, I think this is still true, is it will only honor context-based perspectives. I don't think you can do project-based. So you couldn't say, for example, show me everything under my work folder. I don't think it will do that right now. But given how you use it on iOS, it's if they had to pick one, I'm glad it's context. Well, just, Is this all sounding like crazy, crazy, like nutty talk? No, it name? doesn't. But what I was going to say is that out of curiosity, do you find that you're doing more with the mobile app or more with the desktop app? You know, because I find that depending on what the functionality of the application is, and, and another one to pick on is like one password. Mm-hmm. I have that on the phone. I use that on the phone, but I use it on the desktop way, way, way more, even though they've been making improvements and bringing functionality over to the iOS version. I mean, I know people who browse a ton on their phone. I still browse way, way, way more on the computer. Is this the kind of thing that you find that you're doing more when you're out and about, when you're organizing your thoughts that way? Or is this like, I'm at my desk, I'm in front of a computer and 
the what's on the phone is like the mobile view of those things that you put together at the desktop. Does that so make it's sense? A really, it absolutely does. It's a really good and a really timely question because I think it's more true than ever these days that uh, there are some apps where I, I love every version of the app, but I use them for very different things. Yeah, And I think one way to think about it, just off the top of my head, is to think about, you know, when you think about traveling, there's like packing a suitcase well, and then there's using the stuff you've packed into the suitcase well. And they're related, but but different tasks. If you're packing a suitcase, it requires a lot of forethought. You have to think ahead. What's the weather going to be like? What happens if I get a stain on this one pair of pants? Should I have a couple pairs of pants? Do I need to bring stain remover? All this dumb stuff you have to think through. Is there is there going to be a pool? Oh, if there's a steam room, I would definitely want to bring my swimsuit. Think ahead, all that kind of stuff. What kind of materials do I need to bring? Do I have extra batteries for my remote? Mm-hmm. All that thinking ahead stuff. You have to be very canny about putting yourself where you're going to be uh, in a place that you aren't right now. It, you know what? Like for example, coming back from a trip this weekend. I updated this list of all the things I always want to remember to take when I go somewhere. Sounds silly. I like a big cup that I can put ice and water in because I don't like those dinky little cups in the, in hotels. Remember to bring my own soap. Remember to bring like some singles and change for like a machine if I need to. Um, just dumb stuff like that. You know, uh, remember to bring tea. I always enjoy having tea on the road. It's easy to make. It's fast. You can make it in the coffee maker. You don't need half and half. So the thing is though, when did I think of all of those things? Well, I thought of all those things when I was in a hotel room and didn't have them. So now to be a better packer, I iterate that and have this list that I'm always updating of stuff. Oh, next time I always want to remember, bring along a few paper towels because you're always going to spill stuff like on a plane or things like that. So bring that stuff along. But the skill of, of planning to pack well is different from the task then of like once you're in the room, well, you can't really do that much about what you've packed. You can try to be tidy about what you're doing. You can know where to put things uh, that are dirty versus clean and so forth. But even though that's all part of the same process, you you can do very different things. That's how I look at these apps. So I do a tremendous amount of input and organizing type stuff in OmniFocus on the Mac. I do things like create perspectives on the Mac, a lot of housekeeping stuff. I do things like really every couple days I go through and archive uh, all the tasks that are uh, completed as of today just to keep the database pithy um so i don't know if you know you can do that you can go in and go to file um move old data to archive and you can say type in now and it'll take out any completed tasks or deleted tasks from before right now it's a great way to keep things uh pithy so i do that all on the desktop obviously but then when i'm on the road it's just do 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 i might there's i'll do some quick entry stuff but by and large it's about the doing and the completion and having it really fast to get to somewhere but also the location stuff becomes extremely important because, you know, again, think about traveling. It's such an ordeal sometimes. You go to a big city and like, I feel like I've spent three hours trying to buy ibuprofen in New York and just left the whole process feeling winded. Like you don't want to forget that you need to dress shields when you went out to get uh, Dasani water or whatever. Having that stuff all in the same place when you need it, where you need it with reminders where it's sensible. That's those two things are very different. To, to your example of one password. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I try to keep things up to date on the desktop. So I try to make sure that one pattern I still haven't gotten great at is if I have to do some, where I, let's say I get an app on my phone. I talked about this a little bit, I think on, on Brett's show, but if I get an app on my phone and they want me to create a new account, well, that doesn't get put into, um, one password. And it's kind of a pain, not a huge pain, but it's kind of a pain to go do that manually um, on the phone. So sometimes I'll make a note to myself where when I get back to the computer, make sure I've got all that stuff up to date and correct. But like I say, when I'm on the go with the phone or the uh, iPad, it's all about getting quickly to stuff. So the favorites 
area in 1Password is giant for me. I put all kinds of stuff in favorites uh, that I need to get to quickly. You know, like um, iCloud, you know, mm-hmm. password. I've got the two-factor stuff, so I'll need, you know, and it'll go enter in my Google thing and it'll send me a, you know, two-factor ping and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of apps out there. I think the really, a lot of the really good iOS and Mac apps that I use understand the limitations and benefits of the different platforms and then leverage them well. So I think it used to be that you would want to kind of replicate what the desktop app did on the phone. And you can end up with this just this monstrosity. It was very difficult to use. But increasingly in the last two or three years, we've seen more and more of like, wait a minute. Well, are there things we can learn from iOS to bring to the desktop to streamline this? Um, anyway, I'm not making a great point here, but I, I use them for very different things. And I guess I just feel like, you know, it is getting easier. I'm getting faster all the time at doing stuff on iOS, but there's certain kinds of things I'd almost always rather do at the desktop. But again, this is where context and perspectives can become powerful. Can I give one more example? Please. Um, I think with context, it's helpful to really try and eliminate as many contexts as you can that you're not using or that don't mean anything to you or that can be confusing. Because I think that becomes a form of friction. If you've got too much stuff in there that could mean several different things, it's not useful. What makes a context useful is that it, it has a meaning that is more or less unique. So a context for like talk to my wife, like at wife, like when I see my wife, I can only talk to my wife, you know, when I'm with her. This is the thing I need to have her there to do that. If there's something I have to do in the kitchen, well, I can only do that at home. Whereas something like writing, I could do that in a million different places. So don't don't screw up the specificity of that um, by mixing too many of those things or by having stuff that you don't need. But you know, here's another example. I have one perspective called iPad, and it's all stuff I could do on the iPad almost anywhere. So yeah, that is stuff like that could be stuff like email. It's also stuff like write. It's stuff like update these applications. But by having all those different contexts that have very extremely specific meanings, I can then use perspectives to gang those together in a way that's sensible to how I actually work. So you benefit, you know, you kind of leverage all that specificity of your context by grouping all those perspective things together in a perspective. And creating a perspective could be as simple as like, oh my gosh, here's so much stuff that I have to do by Thursday. So you could go, and this is, this is a desktop only tip, but it would still work. Go to, go to OmniFocus on your desktop, open up, say, expand all under all of your projects and pick out these five things. Like you only want to think about these, well, let's say three things. There's like three things that I want to have any knowledge of in the next week. Everything else I'm blotting out. Select, like, so whatever command, click those three things discontiguously and make a new perspective. And then shut off all the Chrome, turn off all the buttons, turn off the sidebar, and now you have a single window with everything, that you, the only thing that you want to focus on for three days. And that becomes extremely powerful. You know, if you can't or don't want to or won't do stuff right now, like why have it in front of you unless it needs to be? And then in that case, it needs an alarm and it might even need to be someplace else or, you know, I'll have tasks like waiting on tasks where I'm waiting to hear from someone and I'll say, you know, this has a due date of next week, which means I don't want this to go further than a week before I contact them about hearing it. Anyway, I guess this is mostly a a blurb for perspectives because I think they're kind of underutilized. They may be a little difficult to understand at first. Not difficult to understand, but it may be hard to understand what they're for. Once you use them, they're not difficult to understand at all. But then, gosh, when they started having those sync to the iPhone, that just became giant for me. Um, so let me look at some of my other ones. Do you, do you use perspectives at all? No, I don't. I'm learning a lot by listening to this. You don't have to say that. That's not necessary. It's true. Um, 
So ones I've got are things like added available. So show me tasks that have recently been added. Um, I got one called out and about, which is just all the stuff that I could do when I'm walking around. Now, I have to be honest with you. I have not updated a lot of these since location awareness has kind of taken over my life. Mm. But, but just because I'm not near an errand that I have to do doesn't mean it's not important. So things like just flagging it may not help me that much. So and there are some cases where I might want to say, oh, hey, go look at all the stuff related to groceries. Show me things that I could do at home. So, for example, I have one called house only and I have one called office only. And that's all stuff that is really unique to only being able to do at home. I don't have things like calls on my house list, which sounds crazy because I could do a call anywhere. Like if I'm home and I'm here for an hour before my family gets home, show me all the stuff I could do at home right now. Um, you'll, if you think about it in your own ways, you'll find useful things like that. Another great one people um, can use or abuse is trying to figure out how to bubble up the stuff that's really important and timely of what you're doing. So you can do various combinations by saying things like, show me things that have been flagged. Show me things that are flagged that are recently added sorted by due date. Like if you're one of those, you know, priority-itis people, that's a, a great way to do that. Um, I got one that's all just things where I'm waiting on other people to do something before I can do something else. That's good to review. Um, anyway, that, that, that's a few of them. I just, um, if you're going to put the work into an app like this to get, to get fiddly enough to learn it and then put all that stuff in there, perspectives are where you really start getting paid back. Because if you think about how you actually work and where and when, then a perspective can be a great way to get rid of every excuse you've got for procrastination. Because there should be a way to bubble up the stuff you need to be thinking about right now while having the confidence and security to know that if something else does come up, it'll pop up. And that's why you have to be somewhat penurious about how you use flags and due dates and stuff like that. Uh, finally on this, uh, I'll put this into show, show notes, but uh, you know, Karushdini, um has a great book on how he um, uses OmniFocus for this stuff. I think it's called Mastering Workflow. And we should put that into notes. That's, that's, that's really, if, you're, if you've gotten to intermediate level with OmniFocus and you're committed, definitely get uh, Dr. Dini's book. It's really good. Did you have any questions or remarks? Well, I think one of the things that you're talking about that's interesting to me, and, and I'm reminded of this, as you, so it's auspicious or fortuitous hmm. that you were talking about OmniFocus because OmniGroup has been around since forever. If you think about this, I mean, yeah, they, they were next. They started as a next company. Yeah. And so I, uh, one of our listeners, uh, knew that I was looking for old Macs and, uh, cause we're, we're, I'm trying to build a little, uh, like Mac and related museum. So they heard that I was trying to do this and people are sending me old Macs and stuff. And this guy says, Oh, you know what? I've got a, uh, I've got a next station turbo color that like works and has the screen and everything. So I paid for shipping and it's this huge, like 70 pound screen, but it came and it's perfect. And you know, the browser for it, the only browser you're going to use is the OmniWeb which came out in like 95, you know? And these guys have been doing this kind of work and building these kinds of applications for, for so long. And, you know, but one of the things that I noticed is this has always kind of been core to the kinds of applications that, that they build. And this is a very mature tool. And sometimes for me, it seems like it, 
it's too there's too much does that make sense like it's too oh, yeah it's too big of an application it's too much of an application or or not that it's too big to use but that i'm i'm only using one tenth of what it can do yeah and it no, sounds I, like I, like it, as i'm listening to you describe all of these things and talk talk about what you can do with it it really seems like you've built a lot of your processes both that you do with working but also with your house with your life with your, your family they all kind of use this as as the the central tool and it's fascinating again how you take this type of tool which is clearly designed for people in a work environment and you use it for your personal life you use it for your family and and so i've said this in the past whenever i hear you talk about this kind of thing Sometimes it just doesn't occur to me to use that like at home. Like, well, that's for work. That's mm-hmm. a tool I have for work. Of course, use it at home, right? Of course, use it with your personal life. Why well, not? Why why dedicate it to just one thing? Oh, no, that's something I use I, at work. I think what you're saying is not unusual at all. I mean, I think that's the thing is, though. Um, uh, thank you for saying that. But also, David Allen, I mean, in the if you listen to his old seminars, the very first thing we talked about this, I think, in our massive five episode getting things done series back a year ago, which we should put in notes. Um, but the very first thing out of his mouth is something along the lines of everything in your life is important. You know, if it isn't important, then it probably shouldn't be in your life. And, you know, I think one thing getting things done did to help a lot of us, you know, one reason I, I gotta say, one reason I think of getting things done as being so much more than just self-help. It is, as David says, advanced common sense. It's just, it's, it's, once you start doing it, it's so obvious. Like, why would you do it any other way? Like, why, for example, why would you have a separate grocery list for home and for work? Because it's the same grocery store. The only thing that's different is what project it's for. Right. Like, where you, so if you're going, you don't, that's not two trips. That's one trip. Yeah. I mean, if you want to put a little, little spacer thing in there and say, these are things I'm, I need, you know, receipt for to get reimbursed or something, that's fine. But, you know, it's the same grocery store. It's just, that's, that's one of the great innovations paradigmatically of getting things done is separating project from context or separating outcomes from actions. So, you know, every task is an action in the pursuit of completing a project um, by and large. I mean, certainly there are like maintenance things that you do, but really, I mean, if you're doing it, you should have an idea why you're doing it. Even if it's just so that, you know, I, I wash the windows because I want to be able to see out and that makes me happy. Well, then that's worth putting on a home in, I would say chores, infrastructure chores, like home list. Um, but, the, the way that my mind works and the way most of our minds work once we think about it is we realize that it's an artificial um, division. So a lot of these divisions are very artificial to say, you know, and this is not criticizing you or anything, but I think this is how most of us think of this. No, is it that, is. It is. <laughs> well, I, the beauty is once you see it all laid out in front of you, it becomes obvious that how things need to be grouped. You know, it's uh, just in the sense that like when you get busy, um, Things like forgetting you needed to buy this thing at the grocery store can really make you stressed out. When you realize like, oh my gosh, I had, I could have had two hours to do something fun today, but now I have an hour to do something fun today. But now that hour that I had to do something fun today is because I have to go back to the grocery store because I'm stupid. So why not put something in place to make you less stupid? Right. And so that's, that's why, you know, increasingly I do have an app that I like pretty well for grocery stuff that I, I'm using more, but I don't know. You know, whatever it is, this is not, I don't mean this to be an OmniFocus thing. The thing that OmniFocus did that no other app did before was it directly supported getting things done by saying, we understand there are two ways to look at your work. Before, whatever that was, 2006, 7, 8, whenever that was, 
before uh, OmniFocus came out, I did not know of a way to get those two viewports into your work, mm. the projects, right, the outcomes versus the way, places that I can do stuff. Most of us, most of our to-do lists were project lists. There's a big bunch of nouns. Um, and sometimes they might be a big bunch of verbs. But, you know, I think the most sophisticated thing most of us could come up with was actually saying, this is for home and this is for work. Wow, that's great. Now I've got these two separate areas so I can make sure I take care of both of these. But, like, how do you address the fact that you have one life, regardless of how many slices you put into right, it? Right, right. That division is a construct as opposed to reality. Yeah, and it isn't, and the, the difference is, okay, so here's, and this might just be a reality of life today thing, but like, you know, when my grandfather went off to work in the, you know, some morning in 1938, uh, there was no expectation that he was going to go pick up milk and bring it back at 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't happen on like 300 different levels. But today, we might really need milk, and that's something I can take care of, and it would be easier for me to take care of than for my wife to take care of. Stupid stuff like that. Like somebody, like, you know, like maybe uh, we have a great UPS guy, and like maybe they would let me know, hey, there's a delivery coming later, and it's going to need a signature. Wow, that's great information to know. Now I can go home and take care of that. And, you know, I, I, I think it's easy to blame the rapid pace of life on all of these things about information and stuff, but... I don't know. I think there's there's enough. We've had enough time with that now that I, I I don't know how people are not thinking about that. I don't know how people are not thinking about having too much to do. And I don't know personally. I don't know how people are not thinking about like how to make decisions that make that meaningful in the face of more and more stuff coming along. So you know, when a tool like this comes along, you know, <laughs> you don't need it all. At once. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I got a little more to say about this. Will you tell me about something you like? I would be happy to. I would like to tell you now about HostGator. They're here. They're right here in Austin. They're a web hosting provider, web hosting company. If you're looking to make a website, they can help you get started. They have everything from a basic shared monthly hosting plan with tons of one-click installs and other features that make getting a site up and running really easy, all the way up to VPS, dedicated servers, you name it. I've got a VPS over there. And I use this for so much stuff, and I have for a long time. You can even do reselling with this. So that if you're a software developer, if you have clients, let's say you're a designer and you do WordPress templates, I mean, who knows? You could resell their services to your customers. Anything you want to do, or if you just want to host, you just want a place to to put your code, your application, the project you're working on. They guarantee 99.9% uptime, no matter what it is that you're doing. Unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth. They have free site builder tools that you can use And any help, they've got 24-7 support to make sure everything is running smoothly. They really are a a wonderful, reliable host. And uh, uh, Bill Wadman, host of this uh, On Taking Pictures show right here on 5x5, he's been a customer of theirs for something like six or seven years. And when we got them as a sponsor, he he wigged out. He said, I love it. This is where I do do all my photo work. This is where I do all my stuff. So uh, they're re- and they really are great and they're very very affordable and in fact we're going to make them more affordable for you, thirty percent off everything at hostgator.com if you use the code back to work spelled out back to work ten number ten because this is October back to work ten thirty percent off everything and anything you do at hostgator.com so please go check them out thanks very much to hostgator for supporting five by five and the back to work program. Right there in Austin. Right here. You should take them to lunch. I've done that. How'd it go? Uh, it was very nice. We, uh, I had a, a steak 
and uh, one guy got some kind of a salad with chicken on it. But I don't hold it against him. Oh, man, I had a Cobb salad the other day and knocked my socks off. So good. That's a Cobb. Cobb's got chicken on it. Mm-hmm. A Cobb look, is the Cobb. name for a, a male swan. I did not know that. It's true. Um, do you ever go into places and ask for a burger in mm. lettuce leaves rather than a bun? Most of the time. What do you ask for? The term is wrapped in lettuce. Okay. I, I, I'm starting to think that lettuce wrap is almost in parlance, but it's just almost in parlance enough that you still sound a little banana sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But because when I go in, I, I over explain it. I'm like, I want a burger. It's like a regular burger. And, but instead of bun, leaves, extra leaves, but leaves, right. but like wraps in leaves. And they go, they go, lettuce wrap. I go, yes. That's right. <laughs> I wish that, I think I would just like to say as part of a national campaign, as a pilot program, I would like everybody to start all, let's all agree that, that that's what that means when we say lettuce wrap. That means we want a burger, we mm. want a sandwich, whatever mm. the sandwich thing is, but instead of bread, use uh, use big, big-ass lettuce. Right. And they take Eat. it and they do a certain thing with it and they wrap it uh, in a way that you get that hard, whitish stem piece of the lettuce that you nobody wants. No. And you have to excise that. And you can do it with, you know, like Carl's Jr. Carl's, Carl's Jr. will do that. They've mm. got like a low-carb burger. I had a really good one on uh, uh, the other day at a place with green leaf lettuce. Um, I would just like, all I'm saying is I think this is important. I'm not going to suffer in silence and shame anymore. I want, I want to suffer loudly. <laughs> right. The squeaky wheel is the one that gets the lettuce. I just, I feel like, I feel like such a, such a, I don't know, like a dork asking for that. I, I, you can tell that I'm like self-conscious asking for it. It feels fancy. What do you, you know? say? Lettuce wrap? Wrapped in lettuce? I just, I wish, could you guys just make it a little bit easier for me? You yeah. know, just, can we all agree lettuce wrap? That's what that means. Yeah, that's what that means. See, you know, you hold your head high. You walk in with confidence. You say wrap in lettuce. They I want mean, me, they want my business. They'll do it. My business. You're going to wrap in lettuce. Take my business elsewhere. That's right. Go to a place that understands the lettuce wrap concept. Big ass lettuce. And then the other day I got a thing where it, like, it wasn't exactly Swiss chard, but it was like some kind of like flimsy rainbow garnish lettuce. Ugh. You know, never eat the garnish lettuce, right? And this is clearly like they put my patty melt like on like. Well, a, wait a minute, wait a minute. I yeah. agree with you. Never eat the garnish lettuce. Never eat, never eat any kind of a garnish. But why do they put it there if you're not supposed to eat it? Two reasons. And then if and, you go to one of these fancy, you know, like, uh, you know, these fancy forward-thinking restaurants where, you know, like farm to table and all that, then you are supposed to eat them. Very confusing um, to me. It's a fairly relatively historically low cost way to make the plate more colorful. But a lot of places I eat with the kind of diet I have, it's mainly there to sop up grease. That's why they. That's why when you go and you get something from from some place and you go, oh, this is lovely. They put it on lettuce. That's so it will not be sitting in congealed grease. Mm. Does that change the way you think about food a little bit? Mm, everything does. Yeah. Hmm. I hope that wasn't too boring. No, this is valuable. The valuable there's, stuff. There's there's tips and tricks stuff in it, but the tips and tricks stuff spins out of, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you got to be like oh, a productivity ace guy, but it, out of understanding a little bit more about how you actually work. Because I one way that I got real tangled up in productivity stuff was having this fantasy idea about how things should be rather than how they actually were. Mm. <laughs> and so I think that's where you can get really wound up in coming up with these massive systems or these like systems that aren't maybe as massive as they should be because they don't take into account how you actually work. But 
you know, and, and the problem is that's a terrible thing for somebody who's procrastinating to be dealing with. Mm. It's the perfect way to go spend a lot of time on something that's not actually helping you get past the barrier to, to what was the problem in the first place. So, I mean, I think I'm a little, I feel self-conscious sometimes talking about this stuff because it sounds uh, fiddly. But the thing is, it's, it's clever. That's <laughs> what it is. Because you do it once and then you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, and if you've ever forgotten to buy anything at a grocery store, you probably need something. Do you write, you don't write things down for the grocery store, do you? Oh, no, absolutely. You do? Oh, yeah. Paper? Yeah, uh, yes, we have a, um, a pages document that I kept putting into uh, Futura and she kept changing to back to Helvetica. So I just gave up. Oh, and it's the little things. I have it, I had it first she made the long list of just all all items that she tried to group logically which is by the way not how any grocery store groups things it's not logical so as i would go through the store uh the first time when i had the completed list i itemized everything in the order that i found it in the store based on the pattern that i have determined is the most efficient pattern to go through the store because you can't you have to start in a certain section and you have to work your way through that individual section prior to going to the next section. Mm-hmm. So I went through and, okay, the first thing on the left when I go in is the broccoli, but it's not the organic broccoli. So oh. that is, you know, you had it at number seven. That's actually number one. Then you go to the next section. That's the cauliflower. They have three different kinds of cauliflower. They have the white kind, both organic and inorganic. Then they have the purple kind and then they have the orange kind. So that's this number. Then carrots come up in the bin and then, and then the little celery hearts are up above. And then, anyway, organize this all by number and then went back through and organized the list based on the number of which I encountered the different items in the store based on that pattern that I established as the most effective way to get through the store. And then this is now printed out with little sections and little uh, in one little list. And the list is organized in such a way so that I can fold it in half and I can fold it in half again. And that way I have a flat surface to, to write on a pen that, that that way the pen is never going through. And I mark the item off uh, from left to right as I pick up the item and put it into the cart. And then when that section is complete, I can draw a straight line through the section, almost as if you were ticking off a one, two, three, four slash line five. That way I know that that section has been completed. But if there's an item that's missing from that section, then I draw a circle around that item that indicates that item could not be found in that section, but maybe to look for it in another section of the store because maybe it was moved. If I then still can't find it, I draw an X through that circle indicating that it was missing that week. Then I can pair that up with the receipt that I have at the end and note to myself, okay, this is what happened. But yeah, paper. (sighs) Paper. Logic. You've applied logic. Well, that's if logic, I'm the one that's doing this, I have to make this because I wouldn't, I would put grocery shopping as a neutral to negative activity. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy doing it, but it's, it's not bad, but it fits into that neutral to negative category, depending on when you do it. If you can do it at the right time and you've had sleep, then you can get a coffee in there and you can make it more pleasant and then it becomes more of a neutral to to pleasant, but usually it's a little bit rushed. You, you usually have other things that you want to get done. It usually gets busy, uh, and you you just want to get out of there. So the the faster and more efficient I can make this process, the better. And of course, then there's cart organization, mm-hmm. and the cart organization. That's a, lost, that's a lost art, Dan. Oh no 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 no! All you need is just to be shown how to do this, because once you know how to do this, 
then it becomes simple. I always look at people's carts when they're checking out. Mm-hmm. And everything's just chucked in there. It's thrown in there. You look at my cart. Yeah. Oh, this is organized. And it's not just organized by the way things are in the cart, allowing for shifting of the different items. It's organized in the cart based on how I will be unloading the cart and how I would like the person doing the bagging, which many times winds up being me. And there's a system for that. Uh, they How they will want to ring it up and send it down so that it's pre-organized the way that I would like to later unpack it. And also for the optimum efficiency of the person doing the bagging. Now, if you're wondering why I've thought this much about grocery stores, I'll tell you why. I worked at Publix for many years from uh, probably age 13 or 14 through up about 15 or 16. You get to spend a lot of time thinking about how grocery stores work, how bagging works. I was a bagger. I got promoted to a stockman and... And, and I've got this down to a system. So I've, I've put a lot of time and energy and effort uh, too much into this. But I'm, I'm not embarrassed. You shouldn't be. I think that should be a white paper. I, I'm, I can't articulate it. Is that ping it pong? As, yes. I cannot articulate it as quickly or uh, with as much uh, a laser-like precision as you can. But I, I feel the same way. Uh, they, they, they are there to get us, Dan. You know this. You've worked for the man. Oh, You've worked yeah. for Mr. Public, Mr. and Mrs. Public. <laughs> Mr. You Mrs. know. Mr. Sands was the name of my boss, by the way. <laughs> um, they, they're out to <laughs> get it. There's a, reason, there's a reason the milk's in the back. Why? Because it's the single number one item that people need to buy in the store. Yep. Everybody needs milk. Everybody needs milk. Come in with the milk. You've got to go all the way to the back. There's a reason the candy is at Kids Island. I mean, this is all there's books about this. I mean, this is nothing new. Um, uh, we should probably button soon, but I'm going to mention something in passing that I know this is not going to be, this is like the equivalent of telling you like you should go install WordPress or something, but there is uh, an app. I stopped using it just because I found another one I like better called, uh, get ready, it's called Groceries. And the thing about, there, there's not one comprehensive grocery shopping list. This is, a, this is a, a hot topic on every podcast I listen to. There is not one that is great at remembering previous items that works across stores that can be shared. There's not one that works that does all of these well. One that I think groceries did pretty well is it lets you decide the order of the sections of the store. Mm. So you can create a new store of type Safeway. Mm. And when you put your groceries in there, you're, you, you go into the edit mode and you get the little uh, meat stacks mm-hmm. and you can move around the order. So in my case, I go, oh, okay, deli, meat, mm-hmm. Dairy, right? And I would never put vegetables there because vegetables is on the far left. Right. I'm going counterclockwise like a gentleman. Of course. But I'm just saying, like apps like that can be very... But it's amazing to me that still... I, I use the one that I use, I just use it because I'm a location nerd and I buy the same things over and over. The one I like right now that is far from perfect, it's called Shopster. And Shopster's main value proposition is geolocation. So you enter stuff in and every time, and then you can go to a list of stuff you've already entered in or you can auto-complete from before. And basically every time you tick it off, it remembers where you were when you ticked it off. Is this so Shopster, the geo-learning groceries list? Yes. It's green and orange probably. Yeah, it's got an orange S on a uh, sort yeah. of bluish green. Yeah, and so like when you, and then when you get near someplace that you've, you know, and again, this is really useful if you buy the same, you know, 60 things from the same seven places or whatever, you get near this and such place. And I put in stuff like lunch and ATM, for example. So if I need to go to the ATM, I'll just put that on there. It's all in that one place. If I get near an ATM I've been to before, it pings me. Um, that, that's one way where OmniFocus is better because it can, it won't give you, so the way that geofencing works in OmniFocus, it's my understanding, is there's, 
general kinds. There's like a specific address kind, a la reminders in, the, in iOS and OS X. And then there's business searches. So it's extremely powerful to me that you can go in and say, I want to do a business search for grocery. And so anytime I'm near a grocery store, that shows up on the map or in a list by proximity. But, you know, but for just getting stuff around the hood, it's like I walk out the door and it goes, bing, you got to get half and half. You're near the place where half and half is. You click it and then it shows you, you know, what you're near. But it's weird. It's, it, it sounds so dumb. It's such a silly, you know what it is? It's funny. It's like, what, like Marco and the podcasting stuff. It's such a seemingly simple problem that has so many different angles and preferences to it for what people would want. And adding in the ability to share that with other people, I haven't found one yet. I mean, we have a shared reminder list for stuff at home. But, you know, the pages, the pages thing is very, that sounds like a very mature system. And she, she mainly fills that out and then you do the uh, completion? It's, yeah, it's, uh, I take it to completion. She fills it out and, uh, and, and you, then you, you vet it, you vet it. It's, it's been, it gets modified each week only slightly by adding or removing a single item here, single item there, because most of, you know, it always, it was astounding to me, astounding that people write a new list every week when probably 90% of the items that you're trying to get are the same each week. Who gets different stuff each week in 2013? You get the same basic things. It's ridiculous. It's not like you're walking to a farmer's market. I'd like to see what fruit they brought in. No, you're getting the same fruit because we have the ability to get fruit globally. You're always well, going to have bananas until that disease wipes. I got, I got, I got, an, I got an, yeah, and bumblebees too. Yeah, I, I have a very specific example of of that that I hope will drive you as crazy as it drives me. We've got a thing on our refrigerator that's theoretically really useful, which is it's one of those like here's your meal plan for the week, and here's a big list of stuff that you can check off that you need. And my wife likes it; it drives me insane because it has a checkbox next to rice, and the word rice to me that's like computer. It's like, well, yeah. what do you mean? Are we getting brown rice? Are we getting like, I, I'll be that guy for a minute. Do you right. want the brown rice with quinoa that right. I like? Right. Is it which one of these is it? So then I end up having to fill it in in these tiny little forms all the time. So one nice thing about the shopster is you put it in in your own language. And I mean, it's, it's a basic database with geolocation. That part's really simple. But you're right. It is crazy to go and make that same list. I'll tell you another one. Here's another OmniFocus one. I just, we always need milk. We never don't need milk. So I just have a repeating reminder that for drugstore, which can also be, um, grocery store, just buy milk and uh, starts every two days, do every three days. And so if we ever run out of milk, it's nobody's fault but my own because the robot tells me we just always need milk. Anyway, just the idea that, that you're composing the new list that's the from same scratch, Dan, from scratch. every week, like walking around your kitchen. Well, what are we out of? Well, you know what you're out of. Do but, we need butter this month? Mm-hmm. It's ponderous. <laughs> Oh, it really is. I mean, people are wasting so much time on something that's so basic. Talk about that. You want to, you want to really talk about it. Talk about the ar- arrangement and organization of a pantry or of the, the, where you put, uh, the glasses that you drink from versus oh. the plates versus the, the, the silverware and how they're organized within the drawer based on proximity to the different things that you want you and where you have the cutting. Not, don't get me started. You, you do not want to get me started. This is the kind of thing you you end up talking about in therapy. Like couples therapy, because I have a very different, very different approach to these things than my lady. In my opinion, you should never have to reach or bend to get anything that you need to use on a regular day-to-day basis in a kitchen. If you have to reach to get something, it's been misplaced. If you have to bend to get something, it's been misplaced. Also, the drawers. We have different drawers for a reason. Different things go in different drawers. Right. 
the long spatulas should not go in the thing with the short knives. I don't think. I think these long things should be put next to each other. They shouldn't be thrown in there with things like sieves. It's very frustrating to me. This is an episode, Dan. This 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 should be a whole episode. Yeah, we get to tangle this. Yeah. You got me thinking about all this now. I'm not not entirely comfortable about it. I I uh I think I think we you know what? Maybe this is our app. This is the app we should make. Let's do it. Yeah, just just the proper way to to organize everything from the entire process of going from what's in your house right now to how you refill it with stuff with you want, the, the stuff that you want in, in a way that is wholesome and uh and mindful and and, and uh um wholesome mm-hmm. call that's it, an app yeah it's an app we call it refillable but refillable bl at the end <laughs> it's r f l b l yeah <laughs> okay you want to buy this up yeah let's do it okay i love you love you too Merlin. man 